Hello, I'm John Deeks, and welcome to the Your Life Choices podcast. Well, the dark clouds of recession seem to be gathering. Every night on the financial news, it seems bleak. Now, is it a media beat-up, or is it fact? And with interest rates going up, it's going to be tough for our kids with loans. Uh, I think we can all remember the 17.5% plus back in the dark old days. But is it good news for our bank accounts? And most importantly, what does it mean for your back pocket? Well, with those questions and many more, we've got a lot to cover. Let's turn to the sage of all things financial and a great friend of your life choices. On the line, Noel Whittaker. Welcome, Noel. Hi, Dixie. Always great to speak to you. Now, mate, thank you so much for taking our call. But uh, the budget is looming around October 25. Um, There is talk of recession, I see, and I don't understand why or how or how it's going to affect me um, and and personal rates. So there's a bit to to get through on our agenda. So let's start with the big one. Is there a a recession on on the cards? Well, there may be, but if there is, how does it affect you? It's one of these scary terms, but what will it do for me? I mean, if I've got super and I'm older and I don't have a mortgage and I haven't got a job, I mean, not that much probably, you know? What, what is a recession? I mean, we can remember the credit squeezes and all that, but what is a recession? It means two quarters for the growth is goes backwards, negative growth. It's just a technical term. It sounds pretty frightening, though, because it sounds like, you know, things are going to – no one's going to get any work and the prices will go through the roof. Well, when you say no one will get any work, we are experiencing the greatest labour shortage in the world in history. You can't get a GP. You can't get a tradie, you know? Can't get anybody uh, to make your coffee. Yeah, I mean, all the restaurants in Noosa are stopping serving breakfast and lunch. They can't get staff. Yeah. So there'll be jobs plenty for anyone who wants a job. That's the first thing. But this is embedded. I, I mean... Uh, I've got a mate who has a car dealership. He's got 100 MG electric cars in order. He's going to get six in the next year. Mm. Also, there's a lot of nonsense being talked about. Some people are saying next year inflation will start negative and the Reserve Bank will be dropping rates. That's a nonsense. The Reserve Bank will not be dropping rates for many years. They are moving up rates till they reach a point where they think they can sit and then they will sit. There is no way they will go up and down with rates. So you don't see the uh, looming, in inverted commas, recession affecting uh, too many of our Your Life Choices members? I don't think so at all. There's a, there's a different view on this. I think the cash rate will go to 4 A lot of people think it's going to be 3.5. But, you know, the thing is you can't live on bank interest anyway. No, true. So you've got to make the best of your finances to make the best of what you've got. Now, the, the pension rates increased on September 20th, and it wasn't any great gift from the government. It was the automatic inflation adjustment. And what's it actually done is taken the asset test for a couple of cut-off point up to $915,500, and for a single, up to $609,250, mm-hmm. which means that people who now who couldn't quite qualify under the assets test now can qualify. Right. Now, how does that affect pensions if you want to work? Because I know that there was some talk of allowing pensioners to do more work and not be penalised. Well, at the moment, a pensioner can earn 7800 a year without affecting the pension. So at the moment, once a couple earn $336 a fortnight each, yeah. they start to lose pension on the income test. But they can earn 150 bucks a week on top of the allowable rate, which doesn't count, and that's being increased by another $80 a week. 
So they can now earn 230 bucks a week if they want to. But the thing that people don't understand is it doesn't affect asset-tested pensioners. See, if you're an asset-tested customer and you've got, say, 800000 of assets, you can earn $62,000 a year. Right. So all this talk about letting pensioners work only affects an income-tested pensioner. Got it. And one of the biggest mistakes pensioners make is, well, I'm, I'm a guy, I'm 67, my wife's 60. Well, she's working, I can't apply for the pension. Well, as long as she's earning under 86000 a year, they can. Aha. The income test cutoff point for a couple is 86000 a year. So she could be earning forty grand a year, and he could certainly cop some pension. No trouble at all. Where's the best place to go to find out where one stands? Go to my website. Yep, that's nolwhitaker.com. Dot au, Dot right. au, yep. And the pension charts are available. You can, you can look at them, print them off. There's also a deeming calculator and an age pension calculator. Right. But again, the deeming calculator is only important if you income test. Right. And many emails I get say, oh, I'm withdrawing money from my super. Will that affect my pension on the income test? And the answer is no, because your superannuation is deemed. So they put a deemed value on the on your super for the income test. It doesn't matter what you draw out. Tricky stuff, isn't it? It, it is tricky stuff. And I, I find my little tiny pea brain difficulty of getting around it. And certainly it is a, a bit of a minefield unless you are across it. Yes, but, but also there's an asset test and an income test. Mm. And the one which gives the least pension is the one they use. Do you see uh, pension rates increasing? Well, they're indexed in the CPI anyway. Uh, it'd be a very brave government to stop that. Though I do remember, remember about three years ago, they, they chopped the asset test back and a lot of people lost it. Mm-hmm. And then Labor going to be in the franking credits except for pensioners, and I made the point then, well, if someone dies and they lose their husband or wife and they lose the pension, then they lose their franking credits, and that was that was something no one had thought about until then, you know. Yeah. Because another one of the big mistakes pensioners make is they often leave their money to each other. So if you've got $800,000 of assets and you're a couple, you're getting a pension. Yep. But the cutoff point for a single is 609000 so if Jack dies and leaves Jill $800,000, now she's straight over the limit and loses right. the pension as well as Jack. So what would be your so I, advice? Well, I, I put this in the paper so often, you should, when doing your will as a pensioner couple, make sure that you, if it's appropriate, make sure that you leave enough to your kids and whoever else you wish to so the survivor stays under the single cut-off point for a pensioner. Well... That's advice I've never heard before, and that's extremely valuable. Yes, because don't forget, what they prize most is the health card. Yes, of course. But also, the other confusing one is the Commonwealth Seniors Health Card. Now, the Commonwealth Seniors Health Card is available to anyone over six of pensionable age who don't get the pension, because if you got the pension, you wouldn't need it. It's a concession card. There is no assets test. There's an income test. The income test is based on your actual taxable income, which most retirees don't have, and the deemed value of any superannuation fund from which you're drawing a pension. Right. So you just go to the, the deeming calculator on my website and look it up.
Now, it's currently from memory about 96000 for a couple, which is an awful lot. But both governments, both Albo and Morrison, promised they would raise the couple's cut-off point to $144,000 a year. Now, given that most people, well, you can't have more than about $1.7 million in pension made in super, and that's deemed at about 37000 a person, roughly. So if you're a couple with one point seven each in pension mode, that's about 70000 deemed. You've still got another 70000 you can earn outside. So it's a no-brainer for nearly everybody. But that's the Commonwealth Seniors Health Card. The Treasurer has flagged the uh, budget coming up on October 25th will be, quote, yes. workmanlike. And, and we have to make sacrifices. So uh, would you like to look into your crystal ball, Noel Whitaker, and tell us what you think might come out of October 25th and what you would like to have happen in this uh, budget coming up? Well, there's now a lot of leaks happening, right? Can you believe that some people are dying with money still in their super account? Isn't that terrible? Oh, well. We can deduce from that that they had too much money in super. So we don't want people to have too much money in super, do we? Oh, God. Yes. And there's a few people. Look, there's about 50 people or something with over $100 million in their self-managed super fund. Now, they're people and they're old and, and they, maybe they started a business, they bought a factory, they had shares in the business, and it's grown, right? Now, when you die, the most you can leave behind in super is about $1.7 million. You can leave the rest tax-free to your family or whoever else you wish to, right? Right. But the most in super is $1.7 million. So when these members die in the next 15 years, those, those funds will close anyway. But I will think they will try and limit the amount you can have in super. I also think, given at the moment, money in pension mode requires, as you know, a minimum drawdown for the pension. Correct. Because that's a tax-free fund. But also, you could have money in accumulation in super, which pays 15% tax, but there's no compulsory drawdown. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they told those of us who have money in pension funds and accumulation funds to have to draw down the accumulation rate at the same rate, accumulation fund at the same rate. So, Noel Whitaker, you're saying that if I die and I have... I've got too much money in my super, an amount yet to be determined, I presume. Yeah. Uh, I, I will be penalised. Well, my relatives... No, 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 not penalised. Uh, they're, they're trying to reduce the amount... They're trying to reduce the amount you can have in super. I thought they wanted us to have so much more in super. Hang on. Yes, but they're saying, ah, oh, no, but you're now using it as an estate planning tool. <laughs> this is meant to fund your retirement. <laughs> Jeez, you lose every way, don't you? Unbelievable. <laughs> well, there's always, I mean, I, I read an article in the paper, right? there's now 40,000 people with over 2 million in super. Isn't that terrible? People don't know what the future is. You know, if you're, if you're a self owner retiree and your partner needs home care, it's $200,000 a year minimum. Mm. You know, to, to go into a nursing home, it could cost you a bond of half a million. Yes. So people are being cautious because they don't know what their future is going to cost them. And that's realistic. So, Noel, the government's always been saying, you know, put more into super, more into super, you know, stop uh, hanging off the, the government uh, breast. Uh, yes. And uh, so if you can't put that money to super, what are your options? 
Well, I've worked out that thanks to the frank dividends and things, things like that, much of the alleged income in a share portfolio is unrealised capital gain. As a retiree, just say you've got $200,000 in an index fund, mm-hmm. say growth 5% and income 4%. Now, the growth is capital growth. There's no tax on the growth until you sell it, right? Yep. And the income is franked, and that's tax-free as well. So a, a, a retiree can have a lot of money in a portfolio of Australian shares with no tax anyway. Uh-huh. I think I've worked the numbers out. On a standard mixed portfolio, a couple can have about a million bucks and still be tax-free. See, all these people talk, but there's people like me and other people like me who, who can then, if this happens, we'll work a way around it. Mm. Again, Noel, it's people like you and our registered financial advisors who are the the people who can really steer you through all this. And of course. it's always good to get the right advice because you, one feels quite powerless with, with government and, and what they do. I, a major finding of the Retirement Income Review, which brought down its findings 18 months ago, I think it was, was that retirees find the situation very complex. And aged care is especially complex. And also, the other major finding was that Retirees expect to live on the income from their super. Yes. They do not want to touch the capital. Correct, Amundo. That's how I am. Yeah, I'm the same. But they expect you to draw on your super. And if you're not enough super, then you should use your house either by downsizing or by taking out a reverse mortgage. That's what they want. I told uh, my kids I'm not going to die rich and I'm going to have a good time. But of course, the problem is you, you don't know when the Grim Reaper is going to knock on your door, do you? No, and the death tax on super is another one, you know, uh, that many people don't don't know about the death tax. On super. Uh, please explain. Okay, your super has two components, taxable and tax-free. Now, the tax-free component is money that you put in there from after-tax dollars. So say, Auntie Daisy died, left you 100 grand, you stick that in super. Yeah. That's called a non concessional uh, contribution, and that remains a non taxable component. But everyone's got taxable. So let's just say a person had 600,000 in super, 100,000 non taxable, and 500,000 taxable. That can go to their partner tax free, the whole $600,000. But if that's left to a non dependent, at our age, you'd think our kids would be non-dependent. Correct. There's a 17% tax, which would be $85,000 on that 600000 super fund. Ouch. So the way out of that is to have, a, have your power of attorney have instructions that when your death becomes near, then you take it all out tax-free and stick it in your bank account. But you can't do it if you don't know about it. <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll watch those slippery steps. Um, <laughs> oh no, it's it, it is a it is a minefield, isn't it? Um, so just just to summarise, sir, because we are going to talk to you uh, a couple of days after October twenty fifth when the budget comes down. Uh, but we're certainly going to give you the uh, chance to digest it all and see what it means for us oh, yeah, uh, yeah. for us poor old pensioners. Um, so. Just to summarise, you believe that the budget might contain some interesting um, workmanlike uh, changes to our structure when it comes to pensions? Well, I would. he certainly won't touch the poor older people, but the people really copying it now 
are the working families with mortgages. Yes, with those rates going you know, up. They're yeah. battling. Yeah. And it's going to get worse and worse. I mean, I had a guy come yesterday to fix up something at my home. His mortgage is $700,000. Yeah. His payments are now up to 4000 a month. Ouch. And that's after tax dollars. Yeah. So it's really going to buy, and the Reserve Bank is going to keep putting it up, I can tell you. See, I can't see the point. So, I mean, like I said in the introduction, Noel, we can all recall the 17 plus percent on our home loans back in the day. And that was scary enough, sure trying to, uh, to feed the kids and everything else. Anyway, um, let's hope that they don't have to suffer what we suffered through, but it is certainly going to get tightened. Is, is this a result of getting too relaxed in easy money, like, a, like it seems to come around every couple of decades, easy money coming in? Well, and... it, the GFC was 2008, wasn't it? Yep. And that's 14 years ago. And they slashed rates to zero almost and pumped in trillions of dollars, and then, then they poured boiling water on the sore and COVID came. Yeah. So the world has been awash with money, record low rates, and that's really driven a lot of asset prices up to highs where they should never have been. So what we're seeing now is a reprice of assets too, I think. Noel, we are going to have a very interesting discussion at uh, the latter half of October once the budget comes down. Um, for anyone it's a big who space, would, Dixie. it's a big, it's a big space, DC. Yeah, so. well, there you go. Uh, but for those who would like to um, further explore Noel Whitaker's world, I suggest you go to Whitaker, one word, dot com dot au. Noel's books is there, his uh, sage advice is there, and also the latest information. Uh, Noel, as always, you're a great friend to Your Life Choices, and um, everywhere I go, you're spoken of very highly, and uh, it, we, it's an honour to be able to speak to you, and I wish you safe travels to, to see your family. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Well, we hope you enjoyed uh, our visit with Noel Whitaker today. And as I mentioned, you should just go to noelwhitaker.com.au. And thank you for listening to me fumbling through all my sort of questions. But uh, there are certainly so many to ask. And he's a wonderful man to be able to explain the unexplainable so often. Anyway, for over 22 years, Your Life Choices has been providing Australians with essential news and articles and retirement resources like Noel. And with over 270,000 members and growing, Your Life Choices is Australia's longest established and most trusted digital destination for the over 50s. Thank you for listening today. We'll catch you next time. 